gonna assume everybody's cooking with gas. I'm cooking with a headache. <laughs> oh, that's Because well. it's my day off, and that's how it be. Actually, to be fair, is it maybe better almost to have a headache on your day off than dealing no. with screaming kids no. jumping on a trampoline? No, because that day's wasted anyway. If you're, if you're already working, you might as well be extra suffering. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Today was wasted. Sucks. Okay. Well, um, hi, everybody. This is uh, mm-hmm. episode 39, I think, of uh, mm-hmm. Jetpack so. Swords, our super cool gaming podcast hosted by yours truly, Greg, and joined, as always, by James and Packy. Hello. Um, James, we were sad to not have you last week. We had uh, one of my I friends in Florida. Yeah, did you have fun? Um, so I had very, very moderated expectations with it being Florida and Daytona specifically. Um, and it was actually pretty good. Like much better than I thought. All of our Florida listeners, none of them. That's fine. I I don't care. Oh god, I'm so sorry if you live in Florida and listen to this podcast. Life is treated you poorly. But send us money. Please do like it's wasted on you. <laughs> it's over. If you you check those two boxes, it's just phone it in. Send us the rest of your money. Anything good you have, just call it a day. What they said, money, please. You know, insert meme from uh, Parks and Rec here. Jeez, it took me a while to remember that was Parks and Rec. It is. Um, but yeah, no, we missed you last week. We had a uh, we had my friend Ricardo on. Um, you should you should go listen to it when you get a chance. Uh, it was a good episode. Good. Um, and we'll probably, you know, I'm gonna give you the opportunity. Obviously, we talked about all of the summer games showcases, right? Yeah, the like, various. Yeah, the 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 Sony the the fucking actual summer games press one from Jeff Keighley, the Microsoft one, the Ubisoft one, the Capcom one. Um. And so is is there now that you're here, is there anything that that you want to talk about in regards to those? Um, well, for me personally, Starfield is looking looking fine. Um Oh, it's looking so good. I as you probably both already know, and hopefully our listeners already know, I'm a huge Bethesda fan. Um Oblivion was my first game of theirs that I played and I was able to get the collector's edition as a kid at a do you remember FYE in the mall here in town? The like record music game collectibles, everything store. Um, Yeah, I was able to get a used copy of the uh, Elder Scrolls Four Oblivion with still everything in the collector's edition, which was amazing. It was a used copy and I still have it at my mom's house somewhere. But yeah, I'm played all the modern Bethesda games so skyrim oblivion um fallout 3 and 4 love them to death i've played a little bit of morrowind which is you know one of the older ones i've played a little bit of even older ones beyond that because jacob jacob had them when we were kids but yeah huge bethesda fan and to get a new ip from them like i'm already insanely excited and then you go even a step further and it's a space game and not just a space game but a Space game that they keep describing aesthetically as like NASA punk as opposed to like cyberpunk or steampunk or diesel punk or whatever. Um, And as an aside to that, me and my girlfriend Danny went to Kennedy Space Center while we were in Florida. And I mean, like I love aerospace and like the NASA aesthetic, especially the old aesthetic, which is what Starfield seems to be going for. And then watching that deep dive, the like 45 minutes like walkthrough with Todd Howard and everything. It just it looks so good. And I'm a little disappointed about the 30 FPS lock they've got on the consoles, but mm. it'll it'll be fine. Um, I don't have the money for it, but I did look into getting the collector's edition that they announced because it's got the cool watch. smartwatch. Smartwatch, yeah. I was not able to get one, but I did get the uh, controller, which is so pretty. I'm very. I'm not. So I'm probably not going to yeah. use it until Starfield comes out, but I, I love it. Um. Beyond that, I mean, I don't even remember exactly what all got shown off, but like Dragon's Dogma 2, excited for that. Um, Remnant 2 got its release date, I saw, which is next month, which is crazy. No, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. It I looks think, so good. It looks so good. It looks I think phenomenal. like the Sony showcase a while back was pretty good. I kept seeing people being disappointed by it, but I thought it was a really good showcase for like Sony stuff. I thought the Microsoft one and the Starfield one were great. 
Um, I didn't watch the Nintendo one today, but I saw like some of the posts about the stuff that got shown off. And I mean, it looks like Nintendo stuff. So, you know, good stuff there. Um, I'm excited for the new WarioWare game. I'm not going to play it or buy it, but I'm still excited by the fact that they make WarioWare games. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I didn't play the most recent one, but I've seen a lot of it played and it is WarioWare. And I've always liked those games when I was a kid. So, you know, so it's cool. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm pretty sure I'm going to end up playing the the new WarioWare because there's a guy around here, Max, who really, really likes them. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think we've played all of them pretty recently. <laughs> Did anything else get announced? That's, I saw that. And, yeah. uh, what is it? Uh, Pikmin 4. Pikmin or, 4. Or Pikmin 4 is already announced, but they showed more of it. Showed, think, yeah. So and yeah. then there's the, the new Super Mario Brothers Wonder, I think is what it was called. Or Super Mario Bros. Wonder. I don't know. It's another new one. And then there's yeah. the... I don't know if it's a remake or a sequel of the Mario RPG game, which is... It's a remake. Remake. That was the one that I saw. Yeah, like that's crazy that they're which bringing that's, that that's back. That's by Square Enix, right? That's what I think Jacob is, said today when we were talking about it. Yeah. 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 Which is very interesting because obviously, he's a, you know... He's a big Square fan. I mean, Square Enix is... is Do you know, is it developed by them or published by them? Back then, it must have been published. Because back when that came out they were really small <laughs> yeah like it that's an og og game that's why nobody thought it was ever gonna get remade it's just so incredibly old yeah they figured nobody cared about Let's it anymore see actually other way around square developed it nintendo published it yeah. interesting the that's, that's very promising them. especially because uh and it was not obviously Phoenix, you know it was square baby square oh wow <laughs> Um, but yeah, I know people are obviously very excited by that because I mean they know how to make a good JRPG, right? Like, they definitely do. Yeah, and I mean, Final Fantasy case looks in point, and I'm not I was gonna say Final case in point, Final Fantasy 16 is like looks this so week, good. tomorrow, like tonight, you the demo? maybe. Uh, it's out it comes, already. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, pretty sure it came out today. Yeah, um, it did. Yeah, someone I knew it was good because there's a guy at work who he plays games. We'll talk about them occasionally, but he's just one of those types who like it's across everything. He dislikes most things and only likes a couple things. He's pretty, and even the things he likes, he's pretty okay on. Um, so you know, I talk to him most of the times. He's just dumping on modern games, and uh, but he reached out and was like, "Have you played that demo? It's actually pretty good." <laughs> uh, very, yeah, very we, we we carpooled with someone on the way to and from work today. And she was saying, I'm pretty sure I'm going to get home and I'm going to lose my husband for a week. Um, and she was like, <laughs> he he played the demo and he was just like, that's the best game I've ever played. And it's like, it was a demo. Yeah. And he's like, I stand by, I stand by what I said. Like, People that's really what like said. the combat. It's supposedly really fun. I'm going to give it two days and see if it's having performance issues. <laughs> and then I'm going to try out the demo and then, uh, then maybe get the, just be throw $60 in the trash can. <laughs> I guess $70 now. Because that has game I will buy and then play an hour of and then forget about for all time <laughs> written all over it. I still haven't never got around to playing 15. I own 15 and I just I've never played it. 15 is fun. It's a lot, still a lot of us. It was really graphically impressive for its time. And that's definitely, you know, like all of them. Fades. It's every Final Fantasy game. That's well, that's that's, I feel it's literally. Yeah. No, but I think like uh, Final Fantasy 7 remake, the combat is genuinely quite fun to play. Um a lot of the Final Fantasy games have combat that is like fun and engaging to play. Final Fantasy XV's combat is not engaging. It's very um, uh, also third thirteenth. So I'm not, not in my opinion. I think Jacob liked fifteen a lot, but he's also the biggest Final Fantasy fan of anybody that I know. So I don't know. I like the game. It's it's actually the first Final Fantasy game I ever played to completion. I yeah. liked it. Don't get me wrong. But attacking is hold the attack button and dodging is hold the dodge button. And you can switch <laughs> weapons and stuff like that, but that is genuinely how the mechanics work. There's a little so, bit more to, to it than fair, that, but that's like, the core. A lot of Final Fantasy games are like, let me select a move from my list of four moves. Like, it's not that much better, right? Like, yeah, but you're like constantly Final doing Fantasy that, 13 was, was uh, it will auto-select a move from my four moves for me if I don't select one, right? Like, it was... You know, like 15 was really the first time I feel like that. Well, aside from the MMO, uh, I feel like 15 was actually the first time they really tried to make combat interesting. They were trying to blend it. It's clearly been there. We're going to slowly transition from tactical to real time. Um, And so you still have like 
some degree of moves, magic, and stuff like that. But it's the first time they went, I think, full on, maybe it's probably not, but they went full on action game while wanting some of the very cool aesthetics because he like ports around and switches weapons very fluidly. It's really, really cool looking combat, but they couldn't do it in a way where like you have meaningful control over the character, which is what makes combat like that fun is you're, you feel like you're doing it and they clearly couldn't make that work. So they had the animations, they had everything they wanted to do. They just couldn't create the combat engine that tied it all together. And they figured that out in Remake. Like, Remake is just a lot of the same visuals. Um, maybe a lot less of the teleporting around. I don't think they could quite make that flow perfectly. But, like, you actually get to do your moves now. So clear, you combos. mean the Final Fantasy VII Remake, right? Yeah, exactly. Because that's, you know, that was okay. the next one that they made. And, again, they look, they're clearly built off the same engine. And I believe they're doing the same thing with 16. And 16 is just that next evolution. So, they were going to good places. But 15 was their awkward growing period. Very, very pretty, but the combat's just a little bit lackluster. Oh, and that makes sense because, like I said, I'm pretty, that's obviously the the first time they really tried to, yeah, go for that that real time live, 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 live punching, live punching, live slashing. Um, but so, any any other standouts for you, James? Um, I should have been keeping a list, but I did not. I mean, it's there's a lot. There's it was a lot. I know, and it's also been like two and a half weeks or whatever so like uh i mean for I know the there was a ton in all the shows that i was into i think the metal gear solid remake or not remake but like the remaster or whatever the collection they're doing i think that's gonna be cool um i mean i never got into those games other than five and i really really liked five um makes me sad that it was not a finished game but I think it'll be cool to have a, a modern way to play the old ones. Um, again, I know Jacob's excited about that, also being a big Metal Gear Solid fan. Um, what else? Oh, I thought, um, what's it called? Avowed looked cool. I don't know. There was a lot of negativity I saw online, which I'm might gonna say, online. According to the internet, shitty, you're the but... only person who agrees. So. Look, I like Obsidian. <laughs> I don't always play all their games, and I don't. I definitely don't finish their games. But I think they are a very talented studio. Now, obviously, teams change while the studio name and stuff stays the same. Um, happened to Bioware, like, definitely. But I think Obsidian does a good job. Like, I've not beaten New Vegas, but I like New Vegas. I think it's a good step away from, like, what Fallout 3 started with um, in a lot of cool ways. I tried playing The Outer Worlds, and it had some stuff I liked, but I just could not vibe with it. Obviously, Knights of the Republic, um, fantastic. and. Um, I also think Obsidian, to me, creative teams or like development teams, whether that's with music or games or whatever, who are able to make a lot of different kinds of content that's all at at least decent, like average, pretty good, I think are much more talented than studios who make the exact same thing consistently always. And I think Obsidian makes a lot of different kinds of games. Obviously, they make Grounded. They did Night Soul Republic. You've got Avowed coming out. You've got new vegas the truth uh, they like there's a ton they've got like the crpgs with pillars of eternity one and two they've got tyranny which is great which is another crpg um i think that is a bigger like badge of like quality and like skill than just making the same things like yeah you can make you know 12 call of duty games in a row that are all quote-unquote great but like <laughs> you just made the same game 12 times then it just looks better but if you can, yeah. as a team, make a bunch of different things and they're all pretty good, like that, that shows real skill to me. So I don't know. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I mean, my my hot take is I'm more excited for Avowed than I am for Elder Scrolls Six because they were very upfront about like Avowed is not a, it's not an Elder Scrolls game, right? Like it, it, yeah. it has a lot of look and feel of an Elder Scrolls game, but like in terms of scale, they were like. No, 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 no. This is not Elder Scrolls scale, right? Like, this is much smaller. And as a result, like, I'm actually way more excited for Avowed than I am for Elder Scrolls 6 because I know for a fact I will not beat Elder Scrolls 6 because I do not have the time for that. Or the attention span. Definitely more excited for 6 because that's going to be, I think, the first Bethesda game ever with a new game engine, hypothetically. That's what they keep trying to say. Um, so that alone yeah, makes me tell. Is, is Starfield yeah. not a new one, actually? No. <laughs> it's the same engine they've been using that's, since Oblivion. Yeah. I know. That's impressive. <laughs> because, not to be like, extra loud about it, it, but like, they just keep using the same engine. No, it's, yeah. And it, it 
quite frankly, has shown in all of their games. Oh, for sure. Except Starfield. That's why I was kind of surprised. I was like, this looks... I mean, it's going to be a Bethesda game, and that's fine. I love Bethesda games, even with the bugs and everything. I adore what Bethesda does. But yeah, like, Starfield is still the same freaking engine. Yeah, Pecky, you were saying something about... about, Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no worries. Um, I, having seen very little about About besides quick game gameplay clips where because of the engine because of how their combat works it does look very very similar to all the elder scrolls games so i'm curious what makes it so different it's just scale that's all so it's just a smaller really game the only maybe more yeah, combat focus it looks like there's more variety maybe um to be fair i think so i think people online were upset about two things one they were slightly upset about the fact that it's it's going to be smaller scale but that's not the big one. I think the big reason that people are upset is um, just kind of like they, it is not the, the tone environment of the game that they, they were expecting based on the initial tease uh, a year ago, right? Like the initial tease was, you know, in a cavern and it was dark and it was gloomy and it was, you know, like, hmm. And so people were like, oh, man, look at this excellent, cool, dark game or whatever. And then what they showed, you know, uh, two weeks ago or whatever was like, I'm getting off a boat and it's really bright and shiny. And so people were like, this is not the game that we thought it was going to be, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and it's kind of just like, I mean, give it some time, you know, because like they're very like what they showed. They showed two very different things. That does not mean that the first thing they showed is not going to exist it probably will still exist. It's probably just there are different environments. And, you know, so right, we'll see. Something with the hardcore gaming community and liking bleak and Dark. dreary settings. Yeah. The, I don't fuck, fuck that. No. Have you seen, okay. um, this is a total tangent off of the, the game show stuff, but have you guys seen any of the stuff about this game, Fear and Hunger, that has started to get attention? No. I don't think so, no. <laughs> One of... It's similar, it actually plays off of that, and that like people like the bleak and dreary, and um, you know, like Dark Souls. Like I think that the yeah. hardcore gaming community and that aesthetic say, from, from from software definitely like brought that to like wide popular, you know, uh, like what people expect. I feel like, yeah, I feel, and even you know, old Diablo games are similar, right? Like those were seen as hardcore games in the time. That mm-hmm. was the aesthetic, yeah, especially, yeah. yeah. People like are disappointed in four, and that four like starts to touch on that again, and like have that aesthetic and have that very gritty story and you know bleak, just horrible uh, world. But then yeah. you get dragged out of it by like the battle pass and stuff. You know, people running around with a rainbow trail <laughs> and dressed up like uh, what is it? The description a Chuck E. Cheese automaton was my favorite <laughs> description that I saw of one of the skins. Um. But yeah, Fear and Hunger is this like very, very, you know, it's another indie, I would not say darling yet, but it's just caught the eye, the attention of some people and is like, it's just another, uh, did you guys see anything about Dark and Darker before that got shuttered? I did. It looked interesting. Yeah, it looked like pretty interesting. Again, had that aesthetic and uh, part of the appeal was both the aesthetic and the fact that it's just brutally difficult um, and very, very unforgiving Um, and add in the player versus player Tarkov element and people just love that. And so Fear and Hunger is just a dungeon crawler that has that aesthetic, um, but takes the brutally hard and just turns it up to, you know, 15, which is why this has gotten popular. It's gotten popular in like YouTube clips of, you know, fucking masochists who will play these games and record it and watch other people, you know, watch them lose an hour long dungeon crawl because of a literal coin flip, which I really appreciate it. The game simplified like, it has like roguelike elements. It's a dungeon crawler with roguelike elements that is really, really difficult. Um, throws you in, uh, I think, very in the Dark Souls vein. And another part of why people like it, it tells you nothing. And it throws you in, like your, one of your first choices, I think, on the clip that I saw was you're on a boat. <laughs> you can either go and eat the other people who have died during this long trek or uh, leave and go to the deck. And if you choose to leave and go to the deck and not eat the other people, you still lose your mind listening to other people eat humans because it's trying Jesus to put you on this set. And it gives you a trait for that, that you sound strong. And then you encounter your first enemy and it runs you over. And it's just this oh, God. insane series of events. Um, it just puts you like one of the best uh, vendors in the game. You trade children. 
like literal party members that you pick up. And if you happen to pick up a child, you can trade them to a vendor for a, a really powerful item. You know, like a party member you ostensibly made some connection with. And uh, that's about, those are some of the nicer things that happen in this game that is just, you know, it's just exploring human suffering, but presenting this really hard yet achievable game challenge that people are drawn to. And so it just combined, it just seemed like the perfect, uh, what is it? The most extreme of that genre of gamers who like, like that aesthetic and just want that like really significant challenge. It's interesting. Highly never, ever play this game. I highly recommend watching like a five minute YouTube overview of this game. It's very, yeah, it's just a really interesting one. Uh, Though I just love roguelikes too much. And it's a very, it's a horror roguelike, which I had never heard of. Well, and so I feel like there's something to be said too about like, you can be very difficult, like extremely difficult. Like there's nothing stopping you from making a game that's not dark and dreary and gloomy. That's really hard, right? Like you you don't have to like, just because you want to do one. Yeah. (laughs) Cuphead's an excellent example, right? Like that, that game is fucking brutal. And it is not depressing as fuck to play. Like you get it's beaten to the ground. Super by enjoyable. A, a daisy with a smiley face painted on it, <laughs> with beautiful art, and it kills yeah, you and, over and, so and over like, and over. I I don't know. Like those two things do not have to go hand in hand, right? Like I feel like if you you know it just and, and so, but obviously like there's definitely like there are people who want to build both of those things right like they want the incredibly difficult they want the challenge and they also want it to be dark and gloomy and dreary um but just i don't know if anyone's out there looking to build a game and they're like i want to make a really hard game like i'm just saying you can do it without making it depressing as fuck it can it can be hard without being depressing just 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 an observation of like it seems like the two go hand in hand it seems like if you (laughs) if you were born in the 80s or 90s and really like difficult video games you also for whatever reason probably read berserk <laughs> and those two things just are permanently paired for whatever reason in those aesthetics well yeah, just... i think part of that is just because again FromSoft created that genre like yeah. like like souls like is a genre now because of what FromSoft did with demon souls first technically but really dark souls and on from there like and because they're creative dna is wrapped up in literally berserk and like everything else like that's just what it becomes right that's what the genre becomes yeah they all kind of feed into each other everyone just taking from whoever did it before for sure i mean why not they did it well so you're like i want to do it well i got to do it too yeah no absolutely i mean a great example of that is the transition from darksiders two to three when it's literally just like ah and darksiders two is such a good game such a <laughs> good like, 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 ah, let's just make Zelda a shallow Dark Souls clone. <laughs> oh, I love Darksiders too. I haven't played that in like literally in like 10 years, but it's so good. I mean, I remember the first time I played the first one. It's just like such a solid beat em up, right? Like, yeah, that's what it is. You just you run fine. around, you fucking hack, and you slash, and you beat, you beat em up, and it's just like, and then, yeah, I don't think I played two, and then three, I was just, I was like, Go this back and is play not two. what I. Not Two is a massively like such a good sequel because it just improves on everything. Death is such a fun character. Yeah, I'm sad that the third game was not as good. I mean, they're just. I think they started copying God of War around God of War Two, and they just kept up the trend. When God of War yep. changed, they changed bar for bar I with mean, them, but without the narrative. Definitely just part of the like the industry though too overall. I mean, oh, yeah. obviously Sony was doing very and still is very successful with the the cinematic, and I think part of it too is that visual technology is at a point where like you can do that right. Like you in the nineties, you're not making a like cinematic movie style game because everything just looks like garbage. But obviously, you can do that now a lot more easily. Just where the trend is at, I guess. I think beat 'em ups kind of just seem to run their course. It's not like they don't exist anymore, but they're not. You know, they're not the AAA games that we used hey, to see. It's like, it's like RTSs. I love beat-em-ups. It's like RTSs, I love man. I really I'm, never, RTS. I'm never getting any more RTSs ever again. Nah, they're too hard. Modern games are um, Did you see... Uh, it's on, uh, like, a... You know... It, it, it's Grand Strategy, right? But did you see the uh, Star Trek Grand Strategy game? The one that's a straight rip of Stellaris? Yes. Probably, yeah. I mean, no, isn't it the same literally, people? Isn't it literally, literally the same literally people? It's literally a straight rip of Stellaris. Like, 
the icons, the text, the menus, the way everything is set up, the UI, it's Stellaris. That's coming from somebody who Stellaris is my most played game on Steam. I love Stellaris. I mean, it's, uh, what, what, it is what, what a can you straight say? You, you gotta, the formula, rip you of know. Stellaris. Yeah, I have almost 500 hours in Stellaris since day one when it first came out. I bought every expansion. <laughs> I love Stellaris. So yes, I did see it. Um, there's a couple really cool RTSs coming out that are indie games that are going to be on like on Steam and the Next Fest stuff is like showed them. But yeah, there's nothing like backed by any, you know, any like heavy resources. And yeah, Packy's right. It's just the, the industry and like the audience is just not there for it, which makes me so sad. Yeah, I feel like, you know, you, you got to like it, it's the classic, you know, it, it probably takes a lot of money to make one of decent quality these days and like if you're not gonna get your return on investment then i i wouldn't yeah, even say it's, it's money it. it's i think a lot of it's just like nobody wants to do the nobody wants to do the work in terms of balance to make to make the factions different but balanced because that can be really hard so i don't know and like yeah, i don't want sure. a starcraft rts i want a command and conquer rts they are different they are different. I, I love Starcraft. Agree. Not my preferred, but some new Mana Conquer would be so on board for. Um, but so, if you had to summarize top three games, let's exclude Starfield from the past oh. four <laughs> weeks that that you uh. are excited for. Um, Remnant Two is a hundred percent up there for sure. Hell yeah, that's um, that's right. I guess Avowed. I mean, like I'm excited for it, but like I'm not like. You know, like I'm surprised that makes the top three, though, right? Like, I mean, I like Obsidian, and the thing is, I love Pillars of Eternity's world, like the world building of those games. I absolutely love. I remember when they, when that game originally was just a Kickstarter that Obsidian was doing on the side to make that universe for themselves, and so I'm excited to play a Skyrim first person style pillar. It's like set in that Pillars world. I think that's gonna be super cool. Um, I honestly. I, I'd say Dragon's Dogma 2, Remnants, and maybe Armored Core probably are my like most excited that are not Starfield coming up. Um, so yeah, Armored Core. Yeah, you know, have you not seen it? Go watch all no. the stuff right now. Oh Armored Core God. 6, dog. All the things! It looks so good, and it comes out in uh, September. Or maybe August, I can't remember. Don't quote me on that. One of the two. It comes out this fall. It looks so good. And it's not the mech game I ideally want but it's very close <laughs> what i want is chrome hounds but we're never August. getting another chrome hounds wow uh, yeah go then, watch uh, go watch the announced good. trailer for armored core because it's a really good like just cinematic trailer and then go watch all the gameplay that's come out it looks fantastic um one thing that i wanted to just like mention that i like i don't know how i feel about it i'm excited but also not is the new um Star Wars game from Massive, the creators and developers of Division 1 and 2. I'm and very a excited. strategy game that I used to love that they made way before Division was even a thing. Um, I'm, I want to say I'm excited because I love Star Wars and I love Massive. And I think Snowdrop, the engine they used for like the Division games, it was like going to be really good for Star Wars. But also, like, I just can't get excited about modern Star Wars anymore. <laughs> No matter what the property, anything that's part I, of I'm Disney Star Wars, it's I not cannot. Jedis. Yeah, but it's just smugglers. I don't. Like, yeah, they're just doing something <laughs> else they've already done. I, I just, if it was like, well, let me tell you how the little cute animal they included there is very, very different from the five or six oh, other times they've done that. I would be more excited. Hey, yeah, yeah. For sometimes they're it, robots, Packy. If it literally yeah, yeah. was just the division. But Star Wars, I would be more excited if you were like a no name bounty hunter or a clone trooper or Repu- even like a Republic trooper or an imp, whatever, like anything other than just a smuggler that is a set character or a Jedi or a Sith that is a set character. I would be more excited for or at the very least, if it was like, going to be like a Jedi or Sith game, but it had like character customization and build customization. I'd be excited for that using the Snowdrop engine and made by Massive. But like the fact that it's just an open world smuggler, criminal, whatever, and it I just I don't know. I feel like it's you should, been you done. should go. You should listen to last week's episode. The way I described it is, I was like, "This looks like every other action RPG that's ever been made." And you know Did what? Did you that's guys? Okay. 
Did you ever play on the PS2 Star Wars Bounty Hunter, the Django Fett game? Yeah, we talked about it. I don't think any of us played it, but we did. Talk I about did. It I it adored good, that right? game as a kid because Django Fett was my favorite character as a kid by far. And like still the Mandalorians in general, not the current Mandalorians, which like I like the show, but I don't like Disney's version of Mandalorians. Um, but regardless, like I loved that game as a kid, played it so much and I would kill for a remake with like an open, even like a small, dense open world set on like Coruscant or something, which was what like 1313 was kind of looking like it was going to be. Um, and then we're, we're never getting 1313, but whatever. I would kill for that. Like, because I think I I want what you would also want out of a Bounty Hunter game, which is what you like. I think people are envisioning of this as some open world, like pick your adventure. You know, you truly try to immerse in the idea of being a bounty hunter in this big yeah. wide galaxy. That's not uh, what's going to be. This is this no. is uncharted. This is we're uncharted. Gonna be on, yeah, well, it we're is gonna be on rails. Like, like we're gonna make no world. choices. Oh, I, I don't I'm pretty know. sure it's. I'm pretty sure they said it's open world, but yeah. it's literally going to be Star Wars Uncharted open world and it's not gonna i don't think it's probably gonna be like fun but it's probably not gonna be like great i might be wrong i trust massive because i love division one and two and i love some of their older stuff they made back in the day before division but yeah i just i don't know no i i do not think it'll be special i think it'll be very fun though and that's that's what i will give you that i think that's fair i will say i do like the droid companion that they showed off which is this is like a super like not even like a deep dive but like it's a it's a battle droid that has survived long enough to gain its own level of sentience, and it's got a cool, like, leather duster coat on. It looks really cool. I'm really, I, I like him. So, cool. I didn't that. catch that. And it's specifically uh, but, a battle droid design they added in the Clone Wars show that did not exist prior, and it's my favorite one. So, I think that's pretty cool. Wait, was that design added in? Yeah, that's a Clone Wars, Wars animated show era. Like, that's a modern yeah, design that's one. not from the old one. It's a BS. Is this a like stick figure thing? No, it's so there's the B1, which is the uh, episode one battle droids. The B2 is the silver bulky looking ones that were also an original design. But then the Clone Wars show added the BX, which are the like the more human shaped. And they're, like, really fast, too. and they always have, like, a knife, like, dagger blade oh, yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just look really yeah. cool, and it's cool that, like, not only do you have that as a companion, but it's one that is like that survived the Clone Wars to be- become sentient and, like, do its own thing. I bet he's going to be, like, a bounty hunter kind of character, because they've obviously, they've done droid bounty hunters oh, they've before done, yeah. plenty, yeah. so I think he'd be really cool. Well, that's what I was thinking of, the, t- the really tall, stick figure-y um, Those battle are the, droid uh, bounty IG hunter droids. in... Um, Ig-88. Mm. Or whatever he, the one that's in Mandalorian, but that's not Iggy Eight. But yeah, that that's a classic. That's what I'm thinking of actually is Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. I'm on. They're going to put Outlaws in, but I. It's um. It's set between I want to say like five and six, or maybe like six and seven. It's somewhere in the the old trilogy, the original trilogy, like around that time, roughly. I want to say they did came out and say it. I just can't remember, but it's it's original trilogy ish. That's a shame. They introduced so many cool bounty hunters in uh, the Clone War series. I know. Cad Bane? Cad Bane's lit. Yeah. At least we got to see him once. One more time. <laughs> I just, I'm so tired of sequel trilogy stuff. I just, I don't, I don't want to see it. I don't want to hear about it. Just give me either the old Republic era, which that's also like a huge, just bastion of th- cool things they could do that they're not doing. Give me an old Republic Clone War style show, please. That'd be fantastic. Yeah, I mean, the best thing Disney's ever done with Star Wars is the final season of Clone Wars. Like, and it's not even close, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, all the, like, the all final the Clone season War, of Clone like, Wars is hands season down, like, like five on of Clone Wars is, or maybe like four and a half is fantastic. The like Mandalorian arc, the Mortis Force planet where it's got like the brother and the sister and the father is super cool. Cad Bane is cool. Yep. It no, did ruin the, Grievous, the, though. The only reason the sad. final season <laughs> is better than those is just it is newer and it had a higher budget. That's the only reason the final oh, season was, the, was the better The whole Maul arc with his brother on Mandalore is fucking awesome. That one's really cool. That's when they take, they the literally series. coup the planet and then Palpatine mm-hmm. shows up and he's like, you can't do this without my permission. And he fights them. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. It's the I only mean, everything cool. mall. I love that Maul. I love Maul's arc. There's a really great too. YouTube video out there that sums it all up. I think in a really, really cool way. I haven't, much, 
I haven't watched Rebels, but it it finishes in that. But I've seen the clip where it yeah. finishes in Rebels, and it's so good. Rebels is pretty good. It's not as good as Clone Wars, but it's pretty good. They just yeah. keep lowering the age of each series. Clone Wars like started off super like kid friendly, and then becomes like you know something that anybody can enjoy. Rebels is like a step down from that, and then Resistance is even further step down from Rebels, which is crazy. <laughs> I mean, that's it's. Uh... What is it? The fact that we've transitioned from LucasArts to Disney, right? And yeah. part of why you want to see a lot of the Star Wars content that you want is they like ultimately their goal is to appeal to I know children and families. Yeah, because that's what makes money. I know. I still mm-hmm. think the absolute best Star Wars content ever is the um, the two D two thousand three Clone Wars series. I was going to say, you said Grievous, they ruined Grievous, and I was That's like, the that best is the only place where he's cool. That is the <laughs> single best version of Grievous because he's, he's scary, so fucking and I love him. They turned him into a mustache twirling villain in the fucking modern Clone Wars, and it sucks. Yeah, it's garbage. They needed somebody to return and that. get their ass kicked each week. You've not seen the original by uh, I don't think so. Tartarovsky, it's on YouTube in its entirety. Girls and a bunch of other stuff. Guy who did Hotel Transylvania also. Oh, he's, go he's wild. That, yeah. Go watch yeah. the 2003. Yeah, it's probably on YouTube. Go watch it. It it's is like, in its entirety. It's like two and a half hours total. Yeah, it's not long at oh, all. Oh, hell and it's yeah. It's incredible. That's, That's a movie. It's night. got an amazing Anakin arc. It's got the best Mace Windu scene ever. It's got the best Grievous scene ever. It's got the best clone trooper scene ever. It's got fucking Dirge, who's a Jindai, and they finally brought the Jindai back in Jedi Survivor. Yeah. Oh, my God. There's a browser game that went with that series that was also really good. Yeah, it was really good. What? That's crazy. Go back literally after this, go watch it. It's like he said, it's like two and a half hours. It's so good. I I think that's gonna have to happen this weekend. Yeah. It's really really literally the best Star Wars content, other than the Knights or the um Old Republic MMO cinematic trailers. Those are the other best Star Wars content. (laughs) I see that. I've watched all their trailers and I always see the comment at the top. It's like I don't play the game. I come here just for the best Star Wars video that comes out. <laughs> they're literally the year. best. Yeah, they're so fucking good. Fucking Darth yeah. Malgus is amazing. You're watch them all multiple times, and again, yeah. I've never even opened yeah, the well, game. I watch them like once every four months, and I, I do play the game occasionally still, but I mostly just watch the trailers. Also, really like that 2003 series for just like getting back to if you don't like how modern 2D animation is. Like, it's just such a, it's just a peak of, like, early 2000s animation. It yeah, it's, so it's Tartarovsky, it. man. He did Powerful so Girl, Samurai good. Jack. He did fucking that. He's so great. Hell yeah. You know, James, I got to say, I'm, I'm loving your energy. I'm not, I'm not feeling the headache. I'm, I'm the headache feeling lit up, the energy. That's why. It finally lit good. up. I'm loving hey. it. I'm nice. loving it. This is, this is what I, this is what I want to hear. Um... Packy, I'll, I'll pose the original to you. If you would pick top three things that were shown or that you're excited for. I think I heard I heard from you all because I didn't watch any of it myself. But of the things that we have talked about, mine is similarly so biased in that like you could, without having seen anything, like just looking at the list before anything came out, been like, all right, he's going to like this, 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 and this. Um, Spider-Man is like number one, overwhelmingly. <laughs> it's not even close. I mean- yeah, hell yeah. I forgot like, about Spider-Man. Yeah, Spider-Man looks great. It looks so good. I'm so, so good. glad they didn't choke. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Any, the longer a series goes on, the more I'm like, they're going to choke and they're going to ruin it in the next one. And I, it looks like they no, have... Insomniac has never choked. I, I probably told you guys before, but like they're one of my big three studios that like shaped my childhood in games, and they still continue to be amazing. They're very, very good. Sorry, I keep interrupting Packy's segments. No, no, that's good because it gives me more time because I can't even think of a clear cut. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta go. second and third. I'd have to see the full list of games again, but it'd be pretty random. I think it, it is mainly in Spider Man. I also think I'm the my thinking and fandom is part of why the internet labels like every single showcase boring. If you didn't announce one of the most major titles that your studio has and didn't give like a lot of new, really interesting information then your entire showcase is a failure. <laughs> like, Nintendo is a great example people, of this. People like, were really, really harsh on things. Like, I, I don't know. They're like, every year. Every single year, people I, get so I, I mad. I thought pretty much all the things were good, right? Like, I, Summer Games Fest in particular, I, I, I thought was like, I went back and looked through it in prep for last week's episode. I was like, damn, there's a lot of stuff in Summer Games Fest. I was like, this is, like, really great. I mean, last week, we spent 90 minutes, and all we talked about was new stuff. Yeah. 
Oh, and that was we we definitely glossed over a fuck ton of shit too. Like, yeah. Like there's so many new games and so much new detail announced for the games that already have been announced. Like there's a lot in all these showcases. They they did a good job. But nothing else besides Spider-Man matters. All the rest of it is trash. Zero out of ten. You mean nothing else besides Remnant 2 matters. Everything else is trash. I still have not played Remnant 1. So good. You should. It's pretty so good. good. It's got yeah, like it's a couple gonna... grading points, I would say, just from being like a, a unique mix of like a Souls-like with a shooter and stuff. But I think it's good. Um, one I, game I that think I thought if James really and cool, I both oh, like the game, then that is a clear indication that it's a fantastic game. <laughs> um, the more liking of the game makes me confident that it won't be too exceedingly hard because while you have a longer attention span for it than I do, it can't. Parts of it can't. Some of the because like the way it, it builds the maps is they're like procedurally generated, and so the bosses mm-hmm. you see won't be the same on every like run that you do of like the story. And so some of the bosses are like really bullshit, but other ones are not that bad. I, there's definitely a couple bullshit bosses in Remnant. Is it like runs, runs? Kind of, but no. It's it's yeah. a, it's, it's, it's a not weird... a, it's not a roguelike. Yeah, it's not, I know a it's not a roguelike. It's, it's, it's definitely okay. a Souls like more than anything, but it it's I'm it's just, really cool. Because of it being Souls like, I'm surprised by the concept of a run because like you think Souls like, you think very. I think complete story every time I don't remember exactly, but I think basically every time you like start a new playthrough, it generates the maps for that playthrough and they're not always the same. So the boss composition yeah. you see yes. is different. The way no, the layout of the, the levels will be is they, different. It's the standard. They have tiles and they procedurally generate yeah, the map with exactly. the tile pieces. But it's, have. So it's not runs, but I, it I is think like they said, based. Pretty cool. I think they said the only thing that's consistent, James, maybe you can remember too, is the starting tile and the end tile. Probably. Those are consistent that across every run, right. and beyond that, it's... it's Yeah, and yeah, so like I said, some of the bosses that you'll hit are fucking bullshit, and other ones are not that bad. It's crazy to reorder bosses, because usually that's one of the things that's consistent in a game like that. It's like, all right, yeah. you will see the bosses in a certain order. It's just everything well, else Well, because then different. it also changes the items you get, right? Because Yeah, uh, you it know, does do that too. Certain bosses the items and like items, powers so. will be different because, yeah, like you said, yeah. the bosses. Which is part of why, right? Like, sometimes there are bosses where if you don't have a certain util or access to a certain option, it's just fucked. <laughs> yeah. I think I think you'll like it. It's really cool. Um, I'm very excited for the second one, and... Cannot wait till I play the DLC I with either. If anyone wants to play the DLC, I'd, I'd play the DLC. I first. did, I think, the Swamps one, but I never did the bigger subject. The whatever prisoner, one. yeah, yeah, not prisoner. Which is supposed to be like, one, it looks really cool. 17, I don't know. 2556 yeah, no, or something? I, yeah. That's, that sounds much more right than what I was Very saying. Very excited for the second one, though. Um, um, but so, Spider Man packing, anything else? I could make choices, not a, but they wouldn't be meaningful. I was going to say, yeah, I, I only have two, and then, like, I couldn't really pick a third. So, like, for me, it's obviously Remnant 2. And then um, I thought Fable looked phenomenal. Like, I'm very excited for Fable. You know, uh, Fable, I'll, I'll make that my two as well, because that's probably the only other one of everything that was announced that I could see myself giving, like, a try pretty soon to when it was released. I forgot about yeah. Fable. Yeah, I'm excited for that, too. And I love the yeah, other ones. I, I couldn't pick a... I, I wouldn't be able to pick a third. I mean, like, there's lots of things that, like, were interesting. And, like, if I had to pick a third, I would say the Clockwork game. And not because I necessarily think it's going to be the best, but just because I thought it was one of the more interesting titles, right? Like, you know, comparing it to, again, Star Wars Outlaw. Like, I know for a fact I will have more fun playing Star Wars Outlaw than the Clockwork game. Because it is a action RPG following a very tried and true formula slapping on a star Wars skin made by massive as James was saying, like it's going to be a fun game, but like it's also going to be the most formulate game on the fucking planet, right? Like for better and worse. Um, whereas the clockwork thing, which I, you know, I can't remember the, the full title. I'll look it up real quick. Like that looked actually fun, you know, like, you know, kind of like new and different. It's not like, you know, people haven't done time travel games before, but still, I was excited for it. Um, I just wanted because I had forgotten about it until just now. A game that I thought looked really cool that's not like in my top five or whatever, but that I am still excited for just based on like the visuals and like the pedigree alone. I think it was on the PlayStation Showcase. Um, Sword of the Sea, the one made by the Abzu and Journey devs. Oh, yeah. And specifically, Greg, for you, um, Austin from uh, Alana's 
podcast yeah, does the music for us, or will do the music for us. Which is fantastic, because he did it for Journey, obviously. Yeah, exactly. Too, right? like, um, it, like, I'm so interested in this that I actually went and one of the previous games they made called The Pathless, which is a, like, archery running I, open I world game. I played some of it, yeah. Yeah, I bought it before we went to Daytona, and I played a little bit today. It, it hard crashed on me, but I'm not marking it down for that, because what I did play of it was really cool. Um, but yeah, so I'm playing through that game right now, and I liked Journey fine, and I never played Abzu, but it looks cool. But yeah, the Sword of the Sea trailer made it look really cool. So I, for a very small game, I'm excited for that. It's interesting that you said you bought it before heading to Daytona, and you didn't play it while you were there or on your way there. No, because I was, I was the playing only time... Diablo before Daytona, and so I bought it while it was on sale, and then when I got back, I well, was so... going to play it. So the reason I said that was interesting, though, is because the only when I played the Pathless was uh, over a year ago, I think. Um, one of the times I was traveling, it was it was actually the exact same thing I did going to to Alabama when I, I did a trial of Apple Arcade. And this time I played, you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Splinter yeah. Tate. Um, and when I did it over a year ago, the main game I played on the plane was the Pathless. Oh. Uh, that was that was how I played it, actually. And it plays great on the phone. It was the exact same thing, right? Like, you know, I played it with a controller, put the phone in the controller clip, and, like, it played exactly as mm-hmm. it would as if I was playing on a console. Yeah. And, like, it was pretty fun to play. And, I mean, yeah, it wasn't, like, groundbreaking or crazy or, you know, the best game ever made. But, like, nice, fun, you know, game, interesting world, decent gameplay, nice and smooth, right? So um and then obviously starfield like i mean that's that's really the number one but oh, it feels it cheap to say so it's number good. one which is why i just excluded that from from all the other stuff so i'm ready to be disappointed i <laughs> i'm ready to be disappointed because i i you know i mean i've mentioned before i was saying quite frankly i'm not the bethesda fan that you are and so, so like I the fact that i am excited as i am by starfield have i finished the bethesda game no, I, I'm trying to think of the closest I've probably gotten. The closest I've probably gotten was not them. It was New Vegas. Yeah. And the second closest I've probably gotten was Fallout 3. Um, actually, I got pretty far in Skyrim. I got pretty far in Skyrim, too. Um, like, originally, like in high school, when I had, you know, the the time and the willingness to sit through 100 hours of, you know, 100 hours of that love i i don't know i couldn't even tell you guys how many times i've played through and beaten and done almost everything in skyrim and fallout 4 and fallout 3 and oblivion <laughs> i adore those four games so much yeah, I, you i'm doing beat, another skyrim earlier, playthrough right you now beat, uh, <laughs> you have beaten new vegas right I've not beaten New Vegas um that's crazy that's I really really like I, best. I I know i it just does not I think part of it is that I struggle even going back to Fallout 3 now. That was a high school game for me that came out our freshman year of high school at Henry Clay. Um, I remember being in geometry class and being excited for Fallout 3 because it wasn't out yet. And going back to that game is tough now because it is definitely dated, um, even though it's not like really that old overall. And New Vegas is more manageable than 3, but it's definitely still like a old feeling game. I like it. I just haven't beaten it yet. I, I own all the DLC too. I literally have all of the content, and I've I just got to sit down and like force myself to do it. No, actually, I oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Peggy. No, Mike, you you first. I the one I keep seeing whenever New Vegas kind of comes into like makes it on some post is the top comment is go install this one mod that combines New Vegas and Fallout Three in a seamless experience and improves a bunch of shit. I know. That I always see that to... too. I've never done it, but. It's supposed to be really cool. Yeah, it might be the way to do it. Though it also so like, gives you like a hundred hours. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes, that's 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 the problem. I remember why I never beat New Vegas though. New Vegas was um I had two really early experiences with games that don't have autosave or have really shitty autosave. And one of those was um and I love it dearly, and it was nowhere near as bad as New Vegas, but it was Mass Effect One. And it was, I lost, there was some, some mission, I don't remember what it was, but like, I died and it was like 30 minutes from the last autosave and I was really pissed and I put it down for the longest time. Um, but I eventually obviously went back and beat Mass Effect 1 because it's a phenomenal game. Um, but New Vegas, I remember why I didn't beat it. I lost two hours. And that's my own fault. But it was two 
hours. And I said, no, I'm done. And I uninstalled it. Like, that was that was rough. Please put in autosaves in all your games. Thankfully, all new games have regular autosaves. But like, seriously, I, maybe it was like an hour and a half or something, right? But it was... It was way more time than I was ever willing to put in to do the exact same thing I just did because I got gimped by a fucking death scorpion fuckface in the middle of the wasteland. And I was just like, God damn it. Sometimes it's just like a principle, right? Like, even if you know it's not that much time to go back and like get your progress, you're like, no, fuck this. I'm not doing this. No, like (laughs) it's literally like it's just like. And that's what I say. It's like maybe it actually wasn't two hours. Maybe maybe it was only an hour. But like over the years, I've exaggerated it in my head to up to two hours. But like it was enough time that I was just like, there is like because I mean it was probably the same thing. It was probably high school, right? That I was playing it. And it's like I was like, there's no reason that like I should have lost this much time. Like I, it's like the only reason I lost this much time is because you only put in auto saves when you transition an area. Like that's the only time. New Vegas autosaves is when you transition from one area to another. And like, uh, and so like I, I didn't transition for an hour or something. And like, I, I died and I was like, well, fuck this. I'm done. I'm like, no, You're, you, you could have put in better autosaves. You quit and uh, again, near doing the same thing, right? You were the many who fell victim here. to that. It's oh like my God. one of the best games the ever was one of the tutorial. hugest hurdles. <laughs> Cause I like, also did that, but I, and I literally quit. The tutorial was like almost an hour long. Yeah. In that game. And like, the part that kills you is you right at the end. You don't fucking save? Like, how do you not save before the the first fucking boss of the tutorial? It's agony. Like, it's just like, oh, And the beginning is a cutscene. It's, it's, it's not a tutorial. It's just a really, God. really easy section. And it's slowly taking you through everything. And then you get to the, yeah, that boss that actually can kill you. And you've had it so easy yeah. for long enough that you can just get, you know, okey-doked and get killed. And yeah, you've I, lost I just, an hour of your life. I can't, I can't fucking stand that in games, and especially if it's a game that came out in the past like ten years. Like, there's no fucking excuse. Like, it's it just really it's so infuriating. It had no excuse. It came like, out in 2016. It's it was bizarre. Like we we've joked, Packy, about how you have the fastest uninstall in the West, and like the only time I get close to your speed is is something like that. Like me dying and losing. You know, let's say more than. At this point, honestly, more than 15 minutes, like straight, like it it, it would have been longer for me, but I'm, I'm, I give less and like, as the years go on, you get less and less leeway with me, right? Like, (laughs) I I, I don't know. Like, I just, I do not, uh, if you, if you kill me and then you do not save my progress, I, I am very unhappy with you these days. 30 is probably accurate. You're, you're probably right, though. It's probably 30. I feel like um, after 15 to, 15 to 30 ranges where you're, like, really annoyed, right? You're complaining. You're mad. But you still exactly. I'm run like, the game oh, again. Right. Like, you're right. You're right. 15 to 30, I quit it and I turn off the console, but I don't uninstall it. Yeah. 30 and above, complete instant uninstall. Like, I'm just like, no, I'm done with you. You're, you're a bad game and you should feel bad inside. Um... So we're, we're, we're approaching an hour. I figured we'd, we'd do just very quickly, like, because it's, it's been a while, especially since we've had all three of us on here. Um, what have you all been playing? I, I just beat um, The Gunk on, on Game Pass. It was, I think I started it because of some, like, rewards thing. And, I, and then, like, The Gunk is just chill. And it's just nice and relaxing to play. And I just, just like, I want to play this more than anything else. Um, and it was like so easy and like, yeah, it's just chill and easy. And it was, it was a nice, fun little story. It's just like very linear, like you're exploring what happened to this alien planet and stuff like that. And just like super fun. Would, would highly recommend The Gunk if anybody is looking for a very chillaxing game to play. Anybody else? James, obviously you mentioned that you, you bought The Pathless and you were playing Diablo 4. Yes, so I didn't play anything last week because we were gone, but before that was the Diablo 4 release. I put in a lot of time on that. Um, I've got five characters all running. I've not beaten it yet. Oh, damn. Not even in the end game yet because I'm the kind of person who, like, I, I don't treat Diablo like an ARPG, like, in my head where you're just, like, you go in, grab a loot, and leave. It's a 
isometric RPG, like a real time RPG to me. Like I like the Diablo world and like the lore and stuff. So I actually like scrounge around and like read the flavor text and try to like see cool things and, you know, stuff like that. Um, it's really good this time around, right? I think so. I mean, like I, 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 the only person in the world the is always good. who loved Diablo three. I love Diablo three so much. No, um, you're not. You're not. Don't listen to the Internet. The Internet is I know, wrong. It's just more it's people like Diablo three than Diablo two. Like Diablo three is really popular. It is a yeah, really good game. Great. I liked the art direction of three and I like four is four to me. Like I've probably said before, it feels like a really good mix of two and three together. And I really like it. Um so yeah, and then I played a little bit of the Pathless before it decided to hard crash in the like opening area, but I probably played like a 30 minutes and it was pretty cool. Um, I'm replaying, or maybe not replaying specifically, but I picked up my old save of Ghost of Tsushima today, actually. I transferred my PS4 save data over to my PS5 and I played like an hour or two earlier. And Still that game can't is believe that's a thing. Really? I, I'm sorry, it's just so ridiculous that that's a thing. But continue. Really good game. I had forgotten how much I enjoyed it. Um, how easy was coming back to it? It seems like such a hard so, game to get I'll back to. I'll tell you what into. I did. I, what I did was, because my previous save I had 50-some hours on, and I was like, there's no yeah. way I can pick this back up. What I did was I played through the tutorial again on a new save, and then I uh, uploaded my old and went back in. <laughs> and I'm smart. definitely still like a little shaky. Smart. But like, that's very smart. It worked. So, yeah. Damn, that's a good but idea. But you packed Dizzles. <laughs> I haven't been playing anything. <laughs> thing I was going to say, I think the last time we did game updates is the last games that I played, which was Core Keeper and Hadian Tactics way back when. I got to play more Core Keeper. Give, it, give another shot. Yeah, you're probably so close to the end. <laughs> it is not a long game. I know. I've not done much. but I reached the point where I could see... I do this in any of the like survival crafty games, especially, or games that are just like progressive have increasingly progressive grinding is that you hit the final hurdle and it's like, all right, time for the super grind to wrap this up and beat the game. And I'm like, cool. I, I can see the finish line. It's not worth the, the five hours of grinding effort to get there. Uh, I'll wave, I'll wave at the peak of yeah. the mountaintop and yeah. I'm turning back. I've, I've definitely done that many a times. Well, it's cause like, I think a good way to describe it is like you hit a point in the game where like the game has given you everything it's going to give you. Like yeah, it's it's there's, it has nothing new to offer you at this point, and like I think it's particularly in like linearish games, it's a very common phenomenon that like the first fifty percent, seventy five percent of the game, like that gets the most love, that's the most interesting, and then like yeah. the last like twenty five percent up until maybe the very final encounter and cutscene or whatever is because they always have to like end on a high note, right? But like that. The falling action as opposed to the climax, right? Like if you're looking at that, like the falling action is always actually maybe that's not true. Games don't really have falling actions. Games normally just end on a climax, actually. It's literally climax and like a two-minute cutscene for falling action. Like that's it. Um but like the right before the climax in games is normally quite frankly just it's not bad. uh, That's normally the worst part of the game, right? Red Dead one and two had some falling action. It's true. Yeah, you can't. That's because those were literally stories. Those were li- like literally like oh, they fair. were a book. Fair. <laughs> like, that was a book. <laughs> Which is good. That's good. Um but all right then. I think on that note we'll wrap it up. Oh, I guess I I guess I should give the, the honorable mention to yesterday actually I I did play because I beat the gunk on Monday, and then yesterday I played uh season four of Halo Infinite. Which is oh, how's that? a solid update in its own right. How's Infection? I mean, Infection is hey, really good, actually. Hey, they've never it's, done anything like really it good. before. It's a really big deal, Packy. I don't know if you know. <laughs> it's like, it took them years <laughs> to get it all figured out and, like, integrated. I mean, it's really hard. So, you should show some uh, respect. If anyone can't tell, James is being incredibly sarcastic I'm, right now. Because I am deeply it is disappointed absolutely with <laughs> ludicrous that... Infection it is, is not there on launch. It is a fun right? multiplayer like, game, ridiculous. but it is deeply disappointing as far as a Halo game. Oh, absolutely, is it, yeah. I mean, is there anything special to it? Does it feel better than Infection Past, or it's like, cool, it's back? I mean, the uh, cool, unique Spartan flood model is gone, which is lame. Uh, they have the Spartan 
taken over by a brood AI model, which is cool, though. That's no, what? That's stupid. That's actively stupid. No, it's still cool. <laughs> no, that's dumb. Um, in terms of actual gameplay, Packy, uh, it is it's good, mainly because obviously Infinite has equipment. And obviously Reach had equipment, but I think the equipment in Infinite's a little different than it is in Reach. Um, and then notably, the two, I guess, so the the survivors in Infinite's infection have the threat sensor, which is a great choice for the survivors, obviously. And then, so the alpha zombies uh, have the, the shroud screen, the smoke screen. Um, which is very terrifying, right? Like being a survivor and then like the alpha zombie throws down the, the shroud screen and you're like, ooh, fuck. Um, and then the, what, what do you call the non-alpha zombies? I never remember. The regular zombies, I don't know. Um, they have the new equipment that they added in season four, which is by far and away the best part of season four, right? Like, Yes, it, it, the state of infinite is absolutely ridiculous. Like it's 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 unbelievable that it is even to this date it's still like lackluster and it's 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 solid at this point, right? Like especially with infection and all of that. But like the thing, I guess the the big thing is like going from season three to four. It's like they added infection, which as James pointed out, like should have been there from the beginning. Like it's stupid that it wasn't. So like that doesn't count. Like they don't get points for adding infection. Right. Like they get no points for that. And like they only added two, you know, developer made maps and like, sure, they're good. Right. But like two developer made maps for a season, I don't know, like feels kind of weak, just like it has been for the past ones. Um, and that's why I'm saying the, the notable thing that got added in season four, which is actually really fun and the best thing uh, that, that they did for it. And maybe the, one of the best things in Infinite as a whole, I don't know, that's up for debate still, is, I don't know what the fuck they call it, the quantum translocator, I don't know. You put down a save point, and then you can recall back to your save point. And so the non-alpha zombies in Infection have that as their equipment. So, like, they can put down the save point and, like, you know, fake out the survivors and then, like, you know, recall back to where they were. And I also realized that... uh so it, you put it down and then a timer, like you have a little countdown timer bar. Um, and then when you use it again, that same bar persists, but then the actual equipment goes on cooldown and you can actually go back and forth between the two spots. Uh, not infinitely, right? Because there is a cooldown, but as many times as the cooldown permits within the total time span. I don't know how long the total time span is, but like say cool. it's a minute. And then, like, the cooldown on the, the actual use is 10 seconds, so you could, like, go back and forth between the two spots, like, I don't know, six times. Again, those numbers are made up. But it's very fun. Like, the, that equipment is actually super-duper fun, um, both in, like, the standard multiplayer and in Infection. Um, I like that a lot. Yeah. That, like, it doesn't just give you a static advantage, like, I dash, so I get away from you. It's yeah, like, no, like, it's there's, a mind game. there's, exactly, there are, like, it, it is 100% a mind game, right? Like, and so that's why I think it's really fun, as opposed to like I, I, that's why I think it's way better than the game mode that should have already existed. The two maps that is like not enough, not not enough maps. I mean, they added forge maps, and the forge maps are great, but like I don't know, it's still just disappointing. Um, hey, and hey, then like the that grapple hook is really cool. Like the really grapple cool. hook is really cool. It is really cool, but the the quantum whatever the fuck it's called is is cooler than the grapple hook in my opinion. Um, and that's why, like, it's it's by far and away my favorite part of season four, if not the game as the whole at this point. Um, and then, oh, the other thing they added was, like, career rank, which, like, I don't know, it went up. And I literally just, like, cool, I don't care. Like, a lot of people were really clamoring for this. And, like, I guess it's, I don't know, I don't care. I'm bronze three or whatever at this point. I don't give a flying fucking shit, and I never will. Partially because the no, oh no, because so the, the career guy. rank is literally it's literally just play the game. It's not like a rank rank. It's literally just what total career XP. Been... Like it's it's oh my yeah, God. that's all it, it's, <laughs> that's it's, so it's well it's because that's what people wanted. It's because that's what Halo 3 had. It was literally just I've played 10 million games uh, of Halo true. 3, and so I'm rank one, and that's what Halo 5 had, and that's what probably Halo But Halo 3 had, you like, got rewards for it. Halo 3 it all culminated in that really cool samurai looking it's, gear. And that's that's why I don't give a shit about Infinite, because as far as I'm aware, there's no reward tied to the rank 
I think yeah, it's I think literally just the number by your thing. And I just like, yeah, I don't know. Forest through the trees, guys. Come on. Like, um, but the armor's cool. It's like hazmatty armor. I don't know. It looks cool. So I will I will probably play some more. Um it's just it's sad because I enjoy the game, but also can acknowledge that it's just an embarrassment. And because it was not just it like if it had launched today, like if season four was how it launched, like I would be able to play it with friends. But because it launched in such a bad state, I will never be able to get my friends to play this game with me, which is really sad. So rip. Turns out first impressions matter. And like, yeah, sure, you could do a No Man's Sky, but they're not going to do a No Man's Sky. No, of course not. Yeah. Why would they? Uh, yeah, for real. I mean, their prices are... That, the other thing is their shop model is just fucking stupid. Like, I look at the stuff in the shop and I'm just like, this is cool. It's not $10 cool. I'm like, I don't understand who is paying $4 for this camo for their rocket launcher or something. Like... I, get some better priorities, people. Come on. Like, go pay $4 for a pickaxe in Fortnite. <laughs> okay, don't do that either. I mean, there are even but, ones in Fortnite, and uh, the, the worst offender is Blizzard. Like, the skins in those games are so obscenely priced. And people still get them. It's the one... My standards have definitely lowered over the years, but it's the one that I think people are justified in complaining about when it's like they put up this $25 just dog skin. <laughs> like it's not, it's just the one paid skin that's yeah. available and people still buy it. Well, I, just, I think it's even worse in Halo because, like, you see your Spartan on the loading, not the loading screen, on the mm-hmm. lobby screen. And for five seconds when the game starts, that I don't care about. I don't want to see my Spartan for five seconds when the game starts, but they did it because they need an excuse to show off the things that people spent $10 on. And like, that's it. Like, and like, don't be wrong. Like I like having the cores and like, I just the other day went through my armor hall or whatever. And like, you know, updated my cores and stuff like that. And it was fun. Like I enjoyed it. And like, I was like, Oh, this is cool. I look cool. But like, I, it's not enough to pay $10 for like, it's just, I don't understand. Like it's hard to justify in any game. It's even harder for me to justify in Halo. Like it's just dumb. Like it's just so dumb. And that being said, I'd rather them do that than charge for maps. So I I don't fucking know. It's, it's whatever. Um, yeah. So, uh, it was good to, good to chat. I'm glad that we are able to all three be here this week. James, go listen to last week. So I think you'll enjoy it. Um, and uh, yeah, catch you next. Uh, catch you next time, everybody. Bye bye bye. See ya.